Baseball season than 40 degrees. Welcome in, everybody. It's a big baseball show today. We got some other stuff, but it's going to be really all pirate baseball all the time here today. P-Man Show, uh, yours truly, and uh, Ben Byram across the way producing. Intern CJ and intern Wallace are in the uh, house today. Uh, Cliff Godwin, we had his comments for you on the season live earlier. Right here on 94.3 The Game at high noon today. We'll revisit some of those comments, plus a a one-on-one, an exclusive one-on-one with Coach Godwin coming up later in the hour. The new pitching coach for the Pirates, Jason Dietrich, will be with us. Great guy. Looking forward to talking to him. You'll you'll love that interview. And uh, we'll hear from Pirate players today as uh, Pirate Baseball just a few weeks away. Three weeks from Friday, when the Pirates will have their first season, or practice of the season, of the spring season. East Carolina opening up against Bill and Mary at Clark McClare Stadium. Uh, Pirates in the top 20 and top 25 in various polls and publications, but uh, Cliff Godwin ain't hearing that noise as uh, he's getting ready with 18 newcomers to head out today. We had a great time over there. Uh, CJ was with me and uh, really enjoyed Today, we appreciate everybody's uh, hospitality over at uh, ECU Baseball today. They were great. And uh, some great conversations coming up. And then we'll have more of the audio throughout the uh, week and even into next week. Uh, let's, uh, what we, well, a couple things to talk about that I think are uh, important that we need to mention. First of all, we say hello to Ben Byram uh, here tonight. I love the jersey. Uh, grown men wearing a jersey, I usually, uh, that's a little questionable, a little questionable at times. But that's an awesome jersey. That is a, a neon orange Neon orangish, yeah, yeah. Water boy, right. Bobby Boucher jersey. Yep, one of my favorite football movies. I love that. that I, I didn't know what it was earlier. I thought it was like a Broncos jersey, but that, I love that. It's got the patch and everything. Yeah, the I see that the bourbon patch. bowl and the whole thing. We need a bowl of bourbon in here right now. I think uh, would be would be great. Uh, okay, a couple of news and notes to get to here. Are you uh, watching Zion tonight? Oh uh, yeah, I, I feel like you got to check it out. So if you're an NBA last fan. last night I was uh, spending some time with some uh, loved ones, and I watched. We were watching uh, the ESPN, which is popular, and of course they have the ticker. And I swear to you, on the ticker it says Zion, so excited he might not be able to sleep. That's a report on the ticker. That's not good. That doesn't See, sound I, good at all. Well, I mean, yeah, because he might be tired. He might fall asleep during the game. I love Zion. I thought he was a great basketball player. I thought he was, but. And he can't help the hype. I mean, he, you know, what are you going to say? No, I don't want you to, to promote the fact I'm uh, possibly a, a kind of next level big star in the game. No, you, you want him to be, you, you want to get the hype. But I think he handled it all very well in stride. But when I, when I read on the ticker as the headline, Zion says he might not sleep tonight last night. I thought we're getting close to the, uh, that, I think that is somewhere in the book of Revelations we're getting near the end, I think. Besides that, he's handled the hype pretty well. No, he has. He's a class he act. So I might check some of that out tonight. Uh, I've got to watch some other basketball games for some work i got to do this weekend, but uh, I'm, I'm going to check, check out the uh, Spurs and Pelicans tonight. Uh, Boise State, meantime, has filed a lawsuit against the Mountain West over the conference's intent to merge Boise football home games into the rest of the league's TV deal. 
So now it appears that the wheels are in motion for the Broncos to leave the Mountain West sooner than later. Here is the question for me, and this is uh, Austin Cox uh, reporting that, who's kind of, uh, or at least tweeting that. I think Austin's uh, kind of a, a an American Athletic Conference reporter guru type. He's on a, he's on one of these numerous Twitter feeds. But I've looked a little bit at the lawsuit there. What this boils down to is the new TV deal that they did with Fox at CBS, the Mountain West. Boise is now claiming is in the violation of their agreement to rejoin the Mountain West or join the Mountain West in football uh, and other sports, but mainly football. When Boise returned after being in the Big East for seven minutes, they, well, I'll say this, the McGregor fight might have been longer than Boise was in the Big East. So Boise, when they returned, one of the parameters of their deal was they controlled the negotiations for the TV for their home games. At least five of them, I think, maybe all of them. And this new Mountain West deal apparently violates the spirit and word of that deal, apparently. So now that Boise is going to the extent to file a lawsuit, I don't think this is going to end. This isn't one of those deals where they would come in football only to the American or so. They're trying to get out lock, stock, and barrel. Will they come to the American? I, I don't know. Do you allow Boise to make these negotiations if you're the American Athletic Conference? Hell to the no. They don't have that kind of bargaining power. If you're Notre Dame, if you're Navy, if you're Army, yes, I understand if you're going to be having those teams in a conference, you let them have some autonomy with their home schedule. Navy has kind of a similar agreement with the American. That's why a lot of the Navy home games are on the CBS Sports Network. Uh, it does help that the league is also a partner in the CBS Sports Network. Uh, of course, the basket brawl from last night, Kansas, Kansas State. We don't have a lot of time to... Uh, sit here and, and break it down in an analysis, uh, provide analysis on it. It was wild. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And then some of the pictures and, and fan video was even more wild. Uh, but they did, uh, Kansas has made the decision as of uh, uh, an hour ago reading this, Silvio D'Souza, the Kansas forward, he was the one who grabbed the stool and was going to take it over the top of somebody's head, a la The Rock, right? He has been suspended indefinitely. I would be shocked if he comes back. We'll see what ends up happening uh, with some of these other players, but I mean that's a uni- that's got to be a university handed down thing. I got to imagine they're telling Bill Self uh, if he had any doubts about this, saying no, either you're going to handle this or we're going to get involved. You can't hit somebody over the head with a stool. All right, uh, wish we had more time to spend on that. But we have so much baseball stuff, and there's so much excitement around pirate baseball. I want to go ahead and get to that right now with today's pirate report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, Coach Godwin talking about uh, his excitement for the season ahead. First off, thank you guys. I think it's the biggest crowd we've ever had here. So, exciting time. You know, Friday's our first official team practice, so the guys are chomping at a bit to get out there and start facing live pitching and live hitters. They've done a good job working hard, and we're just excited to get things going. A lot of newcomers to this team, a new pitching coach who we'll hear from in a little bit, a new uh, volunteer assistant. Coach Godwin on having this many newcomers to the staff and uh, the team, and he says that's challenging. Good and uh, things that were challenging. You know, when you have a new pitching coach, a new volunteer assistant, a new operations guy, 18 newcomers, uh, it's a lot of stuff, a lot of newness. So things that you – 
uh, think are going to happen sometimes don't happen the way you want them to. So you, there was more teaching, like I said. But Coach Dietrich, Coach Knight, Blake have done a tremendous job. The newcomers have learned how to work consistently, which is the most important thing. If we can get them to work consistently and have an elite mindset, then the other part will take care of itself. More from Cliff Godwin coming up in a little bit. Uh, Pirate players, Ryder Giles, uh, now being uh, moved to shortstop, at least if they were uh, playing a game tomorrow, he would be the starter at shortstop, it appears. This is Ryder Giles feeling a lot more comfortable in that position uh, than last year. Uh, Yeah, I definitely think I'm a lot more comfortable, just kind of knowing what to expect. Um, Just kind of know how how we go about things here, and just trying to do that every day, and um, you know, last year a lot of guys helped me out, so um, just kind of want to be that guy for <clears throat> for somebody else. And um, I think the comfort level whenever you're trying to help somebody is obviously a little bit higher. Turner Brown was a mentor for Ryder Giles last year. Is it kind of strange not having Turner Brown around? No, it definitely is weird being around, not being around Turner because, I mean, I probably spent more time with him last year than anybody else on the team. And, uh, you know, he was he was huge for me as a, as a player, but uh, he helped me more off the field, which which is uh, which is something that I'll I'll take with me forever. I mean, it's like in 30 years, people remember what he did on the field. But but I remember like the person he was off the field and the lessons he taught me. So that was so, yeah, it definitely is kind of weird. Not 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 seeing him every day, but, you know, it's good kind of taking what he said and building on it and learning from it and. Ryder Giles now is a mentor to a lot of these younger guys. He talked about being in that role. Yeah, I, you know, I definitely think it's important just from being the guy that's being taught and then being the one teaching other people. It's it's a big difference, um, but it, I mean, it's 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 really important just taking what one person says, what what another person says, and just kind of putting it all together, and then. Um, just using it to help help younger guys that look up to you. And he was asked about returning back to that more natural position of shortstop after playing a lot at third base last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's kind of like the comfort level, you know. Last year, I was it was good for me to get out of my comfort zone and play a new position, um, you know. And then this year, slide back over. So, um, I mean, it's just just whatever whatever the team needs, you know. It might be a shortstop one day, it might be pitching, it might be a third. Uh, so when it goes down, it might be a second, whatever, just just whatever whatever I can do. And uh, this is Ryder Giles on the mindset needed by the program to continue to be successful. You know, we, we obviously all know what it takes to be successful, um, but I think it's just, you know, not really trying to worry about, I mean, if it's September, you can't worry about May and June playing at the end of the year. <laughs> you just got to work, do what you can that day to get better each and every day, and then, you know, if you do that each and every day, the success will, the success will take care of itself. So. All right, let's go to cut 28 on our expansive soundbite roster today. This is Alec Burleson uh, talking about uh, his thoughts on the team heading into the season. We still have a lot we need to do before the 14th. Um, there's still a lot that we need to focus on, little small details, but we've come a long way since the first, first workout in the fall, um, and we, I mean, we just need to continue to get closer and come as a team before the 14th and I mean we're going to be good it's just a matter of how good we're going to be if we come to come together as one team and how is uh playing this summer for uh USA Baseball been helpful to him 
definitely cool to see how other guys go about their business and uh, kind of compare what we do here to what they do there or at their different schools and see how they play the game of baseball. Um, and it was cool to kind of talk with some of the guys about hitting, about pitching, uh, about different things like that. Um, but, I mean, it was, a, it was an awesome experience this summer. Burley was a uh, – it is a preseason uh, all-conference, uh, preseason player of the year uh, candidate, preseason uh, All-American candidate. Uh, two-way player talked about uh, being a, a pitcher uh, or when it comes to pitching, sort of the challenges of, of being that two-way player in pitching. It's just being able to flush once you come off the mound. Whatever happened, whether you struck out the side or gave up three runs or you're getting squeezed, it's just being able to flush that and then vice versa when you – if you're getting squeezed in the box or you makes a bad call in the box or something, just being able to flush that and go onto the mound. Um, it's definitely a battle that you, you have to be conscious of and you have to make sure you separate the two. And But, I mean, it's, I'm still working on it. All right, I know we're uh, over, but we'll get this last cut in here, being a uh, leader to the uh, young pitching staff. Uh, in the fall, it was a challenge for me to help them because I was shut down in the fall from pitching, so I didn't, I wasn't with the pitchers much. But now, since I've come back and I started throwing my bullpen and stuff, I've they, we're in the same bullpen group, so I kind of text them every morning what time you get into the field, stuff like that, and it's a uh, it's a challenge for me to have to because the past two years it's just been kind of me doing my thing and w- when I need to get here and stuff like that, but. I mean, it gives me something else to think about and something else to focus on. So, I mean, but I, I enjoy it. I enjoy helping those guys out because I know they're both going to be really good. Pirate baseball is uh, in our focus today. And uh, stay tuned. When we return, we're going to hear from ECU's new pitching coach. It was ECU Media Day. We're recapping it here for you on the flagship station and the home for ECU baseball, 94.3 The Game. ECU pitching coach Jason Dietrich joins us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Coach, welcome to Greenville. Thank you. Appreciate it. Excited to be here. And- Look forward to talking some baseball. Yeah, we're going to. Uh, it was uh, it, it was talked about. I guess you had had an offer to go to uh, the Giants organization, if I remember uh, correctly. I don't know if that was reported, but we are seeing a trend of college pitching coaches getting these opportunities or taking opportunities to go and and work for you know the the, the pro level. Why are they turning to to guys like you now? Do you think? I. Do you honestly, I think that other uh, than your natural charm, <laughs> yeah, I think that you know they believe in the smoke and mirror show that I do. So I think they <laughs> want to see if I can take it to the next level. Um, no, I, it's it's an interesting dynamic because I talked to the newest pitching coaches I've talked to out there. We just, you know, I think a lot of us take pride in doing our job at the highest level. They say that we can recruit and develop talent, and that's something that's important, as you know, right, yeah. development. Right. And then, kind of personalities, kind of personality you have. How do you interact with people? How can you help them grow? And then with all the new analytics. So I think that they're seeing that college was doing a lot of this before the professionals were. And so Mm -hmm. that knowledge and the growth has helped people go, well, let's start tapping into college coaches, possibly as people we want to look at as candidates or what have you. And that's where, you know, I was surprised that the Giants did call. And I talked to Gabe Kapler Mm -hmm. a couple of times and other guys in the organization. So it was just interesting dynamic that, you know. Yeah. Just, yeah. kind of just went through and talked about it. You just got the job here at ECU, so I understand kind of wanting to, to come here and maybe not move your family back mm-hmm. all the way across the country yeah. again. Uh, plus, San Francisco is very expensive to live in, so it's uh, it's yeah. not like Winterville. So. Yeah, no, we were, we were, so we're sat here, and we're excited for everything. Yeah. It was just something that, you know, I talked to Coach Godwin about, and he goes, hey, that's just 
See, you got to yeah. at least hear right. Yeah, right. About well, no, Cliff's great about those sort so of things, and uh, we're glad you stayed. We're oh, yeah, glad yeah, you no. stayed here. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. Have you I'm found you a barbecue place yet? Uh, well. Yeah, was it Sam Jones? Sam Jones, yeah, it's yeah, kind it's of over near where you are, so close that's where good. I live. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. we have Parker's. That we have Moore's. Moore's is one of our great Moore's, sponsors. I've had so, that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Also that close too. So I'm, sometimes I don't get the the names of the place right, but I just know the food's well, good. Well, so coach, I, I subscribe uh, as an Eastern Carolinian to just I don't discriminate against barbecue as long as it's not Western. North Carolina barbecue. That's that's my pro tip for you. Stay away from the Western North that's Carolina barbecue. Yeah. That's what I've heard. So. Well, you see, you're gonna you're gonna fit in greatly uh, here. <laughs> uh, coach uh, Jason Dietrich is uh, with us, uh, new pitching coach for ECU. How many years uh, overall? First year in Greenville, obviously. Yeah. But how many years overall coaching? Coaching total twenty years. Okay. And Division One, I, I got in Division One in two thousand and eight. Okay. So. so a pretty good sample size. You mentioned analytics, and then we're talking a little bit about uh, that a moment ago. Is is that the biggest difference in in your profession in that time span? Yes, I would probably say that for me. That'd be the one thing, the glaring thing that thing that uh, sticks out is. You, yes. Did you go kicking and screaming, or did you kind of embrace it? As you get older, you got to make sure you're adapting too. So yeah. I've gotten yeah. older to make sure. I don't want to shortchange a young man. If there's information I can get him better at and I need to start learning, then I'm going to make sure I dive into it. And that's what I've done. And I'm still learning. I'm still getting better at it. Right. It's yeah. not something that you do overnight is because there's so many different things out there that people are pushing towards you to do and what have you. And that's where you got to answer the question. Okay. I'm talking to 18 to 22 year olds. What information can I give them? That's not going to be overwhelming over analytical. It's just, I want to make sure I'm doing the things I can to tap into their potential, whether it be physically, mentally, or what have you. So I have to look at all the resources to make sure I'm giving them my best effort right so they can grow them yeah also as you guys uh started fall camp you had the uh the inner squads against uh, liberty and, and uva uh and and now getting ready to start practices for the spring season this week where is this staff better and where have they you know made the strides since when you first set foot on campus and when they first set foot on campus well i think that there's there's a lot of strides being made in regards to probably first and foremost myself getting to know the guys getting to know them individually and mm-hmm. their strengths, maybe some of their weaknesses, what we feel uh, they're, they're doing good at and how we can refine some of their areas. I think that we've made good progress in certain areas, but with so many pitchers, you're doing your best to kind of see how the pieces of the puzzle are going to fit. And right now I'm still working at kind of getting to know them mm-hmm. and excited to see them compete again. So they know that jobs are on the line, roles are on the line. So I want to see what they're, whole game plan is and then we can come with our our game plan and go okay this is our starters our middle back end closer so to speak so it it, bullpens have been good guys have been doing a good job as you know it's kind of watching bp right you see a good bp and they can take that in the game and that's kind of things i'm wanting the guys do right quality bullpens and and all their other side work that they're doing pfp working on their picks working their signs working on the other stuff that we need to work on they're, they're doing it. It's just a matter of game time. Coach, is it in a sense a, a clean slate when it, when a, kind of a new coach comes in like yourself? I mean, a, a coach of the year, and you, you've been to Omaha before, and I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. But do, do you get the sense, not that there was necessarily not a, a you know anything that needed to be cleaned off the slate, but there is a little bit of a reset, I guess, when, when there's a new coach and a new opportunity for that position group. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but the great thing is I, I believe that Dan Rozell did a great job here. Yeah, you know, right. He, no, he, he did. Dan to, did a great job. He really he, did. He, yeah left uh, some great I mean the foundation to me for all the returners is really good and I'm very thankful for that and that's where you do your best to 
not get in their way, right. hopefully help them grow. Well, I guess what I'm getting at is too. where Dan knew where a lot of the bones were buried yeah. in the program, but also he, he knew these guys because he was here for so long. Yeah. With you, there there may not be any predisposed, you know, idea that, well, this is a bad habit that the guy, you, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying that Dan would, would verbalize that in any way, but but you know what I'm saying, you know. Uh, it, it, I mean, everybody's kind of getting to know everybody. Exactly. And maybe you can bring a different perspective to, to maybe an issue a guy has been having. True. And that's where I always try to tell guys, if you're wanting to play professional baseball, you might have seven pitching coaches because yeah. you're in rookie ball. You got a pitching coordinator. Then you go to low A. Then you go to high A. Continuously climb the ladder. How many pitching guys are you going to have? So at the end of the day, your job is to continuously get to know yourself, know who you are, grow and learn, keep an open mind pick and choose, but not be disrespectful. So I always tell them this is kind of part of the growing process in professional baseball. So if I'm a new voice, you know, let's work together to make sure that, you know, we're on the same page and I'm helping you grow. And if there's things that I'm just repetitive that they know already. Well, then that means it's, it's working and let's right. keep it going in the right direction. So in a sense, did you uh, reach out for the ECU job to cliff contact you? How did that sort of uh, materialize? A, a friend of mine uh, sent him an email kind of with my background, what have you. Um, and from there, I saw the position open, so I called Bryant Ward, former ACU guy. And, <laughs> Greenville guy. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I just said, hey, is there a chance that you can you know, call Cliff on my behalf? I'm not sure what he's doing in this position, but mm-hmm. I'd love to see if he has any interest or I'd love to put my name in the hat. And from there. Right. Bryant, so you certainly knew of the reputation yeah. of, of, yep. God, of Coach Godwin and of the program and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I coached. I don't know if you shared, but we coached against each other when I was at East Irvine. He was at LSU. Right. Okay. So we've, you know, didn't talk, but we knew of each, I knew of him. Right. And I knew his background and what he's done. So I had a small kind of, small kind of snapshot of who he was. Mm. But the more I talked to Brian and other people, yeah, you know, Brent Lindgren and, you know, uh, guys in the West coast that have competed against him. Right. And guys in, you know, throughout the Midwest and West or East, <coughs> they're the ones that have helped me get an idea of who he is as a person, not just, you know, a good coach, but yeah, you know, hard worker, passion, you know, does things right. And, the, the, speaks highly about. As far as in the game and, and as far away as the West Coast, I, I would assume there's a reputation for this program now in Greenville. It's not just a state or regional reputation. I mean, it's a national yeah. reputation. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I, I love the game, college game, baseball. So I've always known of ECU and ECU's. I mean, I was in the West watching you guys play your super regional. Yeah. And I watched that uh, the last game on that Monday. I think you played with Campbell and your regional to win it to go. Right. Yeah. So again, it's everyone knows ECU baseball. It's, it's, it is a national brand and what they're doing and and keeping it growing in the right direction you know like i said it's just the next yeah. next step is to get to the promise line i uh it would be remiss in sort of not asking you know right now uh, if, if you were handed the ball to somebody tomorrow and this can change but who might it be for friday yeah probably gavin williams Okay. Yeah. Gavin has a world of potential. Yes, he does. Uh, and especially, you know, it's something that you'd see some great flashes. And he did get a little better as last, last season went along in a lot of ways. And he seems to be harnessing it. You know, where's he improved? From what I've gathered and just watching him and talking to the coaches, it seems like he's been more consistent in the, consistent in the strike zone. Mm-hmm. He's throwing numerous pitches. for Numerous pitches. His off-speed has gotten a tick better. So he's throwing that, not just a fastball. As you know, uh, it's crazy. Anyone can hit a fastball if you're throwing 95, even 98. Right. But if you're locating it, changing speeds, obviously that can be a tough thing to do. Sure, yeah. As a hitter. So he's gone, for me, his command's gotten better. Secondary stuff has gotten better. And I think that, that with that, his confidence has grown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I feel like Alec Burleson is going to be another p- good piece of the puzzle. Right. So for us, it's like, well, 
we're trying to figure out who can close a game. And that's right. where I yeah. think he might play into being the back end guy because of his mentality and his experience and who he is as a person and yeah. how much he loves to compete. So again, it's one of those things that as of right now, I'd give it to Gavin just because I want to see his potential and what he can do. Burley is, is one of those two way guys, Giles is, as well. Uh, and then uh, the, the, the newest Agnos in the program is, was, you know, is going to be projected as a, as a two way guy. Uh, that, that's an interesting I don't want to say dance, but it's certainly an interesting thing that you have to be mindful of. And Cliff, I think, is very mindful of of not overtaxing those guys, especially early on. Yes. Two-way guys, it's a communication head coach, pitching coach, trainer, and strength guy. We always have to make sure we're understanding what we need to do daily to make sure their bodies are not getting taxed because they already are, especially freshmen. I think their mindset is like, I can do it. I'm fine. But they don't recognize how much it could be taxing yeah. on them. So we, we just got to monitor everything and always stay at a high level of communication to make sure we're doing everything we can to not baby them, but be smart and making right. our best decisions right. to keep them for the long haul. Jake Kuchmaner, uh, obviously, uh, is, is a yes sir, no sir, as we say around here kind of guy, uh, but is, is also... Uh, you think blue collar, at least I do. I, th- I think Jake, and you couldn't have been any happier for the success he had last year because he's such a, a nice young man. Uh, as you've gotten in here and, and started to work with Cooch, what are your impressions of him? Uh, he's a leader of our staff. He's, you know, he does everything right. Hard worker. Like you said, everything he says, pretty much everything right. that I've thought about him in regards. So he's, he's been a huge uh, person I've gone to to ask for information, kind of get a feel for things, to bounce stuff off, what have you. So for him, I believe it's going to be another big piece of our puzzle. It's not for me. Hope it's not. He doesn't take it as disrespectful because I still think he's a big. You have so many pieces of the puzzle, and he's in, he's got to be one of those pieces, for right? Us sure. To set the tone, because I was just saying earlier, the the experience these guys have, you have to tap into that, and then mm-hmm. you have to be able to step up and and, and compete at the level that's expected. Because without that experience, you know, you got younger guys that are waiting and wanting that experience, right. but the older guys need to show, hey, I've done this. Watch how I do it understand right you know how to go about the battles and kind of make sure you're doing things right and jake's done a heck of a job like i said i'm excited to see what he can do and i was telling coach godwin i'm like i hope this is gonna be tough for us to make decisions that means all the guys right. are doing a great yeah. job and yeah things we're, we're excited we're well, deep from, from a standpoint of coach's arsenal where where's he improved uh, in the offseason it's for me, I think he's been just consistent. You know, I know yeah. he's wanting to, he's been working hard in the weight room, so he's wanting to get his stuff a tick firmer. You know, any pitcher wants to. Right, yeah. Can I get another mile or two off my fastball? Can I get, a, you know, same thing on my curveball? Make sure my change is consistent. So when, I, when I've gathered to where, where I've met him to where he's at now, I don't think anything's been drastic, but he's been consistent. To me, that's one of the biggest things in baseball. Yeah. You be consistent, you have a great chance to do a lot of good things. Uh, we've got uh, Jason Dietrich uh, with us. I've, I've enjoyed the conversation so much uh, that uh, I forgot to reintroduce him like we like to do here in the radio biz. That's our cue. we got to re- reintroduce uh, people because they're all coming. I know, Coach, I know. Uh, I'd get that mound visit right now uh, and uh, if, if, I were, if that were the case. Uh, you, you've been to a regional, or excuse me, a, uh, to Omaha. Yeah. Um, you know, you sort of know what it takes. I think Cliff Godwin certainly does too. I don't know if you can verbalize that, but I mean, what what is what are kind of the ingredients a program needs to have to get to Omaha? And do you see those here in Greenville? Yeah, I've been fortunate in my. This is my let's say going on my thirteenth year or uh, twelfth. Mm-hmm. Apologize, I'm not a mathematician, <laughs> but uh, I've been to four super regionals mm-hmm. and then one trip to Omaha. So. Been lucky to be around a lot of great teams. And the number one thing I've 
seen on the teams that were getting a super regionals when they got to Omaha was it was about mentality. It was about team chemistry. It was about guys believing and competing at a high level. You know, I felt we went to Omaha with not the most talented team, but they believed in each other and they did the little things right, fundamentals right, the attention to detail. Right. They played the game of baseball and that was fun. And we had, you know, again, boils down to pitching. We had some good pitching and the, the teams that we did well on were the guys that could pitch and play D. And that's, you know, I'm not saying that because I'm biased or a pitching coach, but that's, we had good pitching and our defense did a good job. And like I said, we had timely hits when we needed it. Some teams were different, but I think the teams here, you know, the team here has potential. It does. Like I said, that we're deep on the mound. It's just the question marks of the roles. Uh, our defense is solid. I think we have some team speed. Uh, I think behind the plate, you know, Seth Goodell, Ben Newton, Matt James, you know, Seth has put himself a tick higher than those guys. So again, it's every, everything starts up the middle for me the catching, pitching, the, you know, shortstop and the center fielder. So I think the pieces are here now. It's just a matter of playing the game at a high level. You know, you got to be consistent. And I've been fortunate to go to places where, you know, when we went to Omaha, we went to Louisville and beat them. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so that was a tough environment or what have you. But at the end of the day, you have to keep it as simple as possible, right? Throw strikes, play catch, and put the ball in play. And, the team that does it the best and keeps it as simple as that. That's where I feel like, like I said, you got to have mentality too. You got to believe in each other and you got to, like I said, I think the team leadership and chemistry is a big piece of the puzzle because those guys are the ones they want something they believe in it. They need to get everyone on board and go after that vision and that passion because something you believe in, you got to put in that, put in the work and our guys been getting after it. So again, you talk about Omaha, but everyone's talking about it. I think we just, you know, believe as a staff that, you know, obviously that's the end goal we want, but we want to take the baby steps and the right, right strides to continuously grow and get better. And like I said, Coach Godwin and Coach Palumbo have done a great job here yeah. uh, to get this program at a high level. And that's that's what you want. You want a target on your back. You know, it's not pressure. That's a fun challenge. Coach, thank you for uh, a few minutes with us here. and We look forward to talking to you throughout the season as well. You got it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Pirate basketball tonight. ECU at SMU. Details on that and more. Here's Ben Byram. With your 94.3 The Game Sports Update, I'm Ben Barham. You heard Cliff Godwin's live comments on 94.3 The Game's exclusive live coverage of ECU Baseball Media Day. Coach Godwin discussed several topics, including the pitching depth on his new squad. You know you can never have too much pitching, so uh, um, it'll just be more innings. So it'll be an opportunity for guys to get out there and uh, compete. And that that's probably the biggest thing that is uncertain for the coaching staff, just roles for certain pitchers. More from Coach Godwin coming up in minutes here on 94.3 The Game and the Patrick Johnson Show. Sophomore infielder writer Giles addressed the media today talking about the comfortability on his new squad. Uh, yeah, I definitely think I'm a lot more comfortable just kind of knowing what to expect. Um, just kind of know how, how we go about things here. East Carolina baseball opens the 2020 season on Friday, February 14th against William & Mary. Hear all the game all season long here on your flagship station for the ECU Baseball Pirates 94.3 The Game. Pirate Hoops tonight as Joe Dooley's team travels to SMU. The Pirates beat the Mustangs in Greenville 11 days ago. ECU coach Joe Dooley on tonight's matchup. It's both. I, mean, I think some of it is mental and some of it is practice. We do uh, extra shooting three days a week, so the guys are here besides practice time. So we need to step up. I think some guys are on good shoes that haven't shot the ball particularly well, and hopefully we'll start getting a little bit better. A little bit better. East Carolina's a 14-point underdog tonight against, against Southern Methodist. Tip-off is at 8 o'clock. The pregame show is at 7.30. And you can hear tonight's game here on 843 The Game and on 107.9 WNCT, the flagship stations of the ECU Pirates. 
Other college basketball action of note tonight, and the American Cincinnati looks for their fourth win in five games as they visit Temple. The Owls have dropped four or five, and coming to this game is one-and-a-half-point underdogs. And at nine tonight, 20th-ranked Memphis visits Tulsa. The Golden Hurricane are tied for first and are half game ahead of Memphis in the league standings. The Memphis Tigers are three-and-a-half-point favorites in that matchup. At 8, a game that you can hear on our sister station, 97-9 Groove and Oldies, UNC takes on Virginia Tech and Blacksburg. The Tar Heels are 6.5-point underdogs in that matchup, and they are currently last in the ACC. Other college games involving in-state teams, Davidson hosts St. Louis at 7. The Wildcats are 2.5-point favorites. An already embattled position group, the ECU offensive line has dealt another blow as redshirt junior Matt Morgan is no longer on the official Pirates online roster. He is still enrolled in school. The story first reported by 24-7 Sports. Greenville's Tommy Paul hung on to advance to the third round of the Australia Open. The 22-year-old overcame some physical struggles to advance to the furthest so far in his career in a grand slam. In the NFL, former Redskins head coach Jay Gruden hired as the offensive coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars. In the NBA, the highly anticipated pro debut of Zion Wilmonson happens tonight. The top overall draft pick out of Duke leads the Pelicans against San Antonio at 7 o'clock. And on the high school hardwood tonight, the only game involving a local team is Parrot Academy traveling to Thales Academy. I'm Ben Barham. If you're 94.3 The Game Sports Update, stay tuned. Cliff more Godwin uh, joining us uh, here. Up. Pirate baseball season uh, uh, just around the corner. And, of course, uh, ECU practice begins this week coach great to see you thanks for having me patrick thanks for being here it's always fun to talk to you and i'm, I'm glad to be here. i'm thrilled to be here uh it was an interesting event today a lot of interesting questions as there always is from our, uh, our friends in the uh, in the media uh when you look at 2020 what is the mantra for this uh, team this year well our motto is toughness over talent and servant leadership and then you know just underlying which is kind of something that we talk about every single day is just staying in the present moment ignore the noise and just focus on what we need to do today and if that's a team meeting if that's practice if that's lifting then we have to have blinders on and like i told our guys a couple times already is you know all this stuff's going to start coming out with media days and preseason polls and stuff and that's great for the fans but if you guys start reading into it and you know oh coach godwin said so and so starting well that's not necessarily accurate i said he if we play tomorrow but we don't play tomorrow you and i've talked about a lot of uh, sort of this current generation of players and, and the guys you recruit i'm sure have certain qualities attention to detail talent etc but there is a learning curve once you get here to have the attention to the detail attention to details at the level you want it to be is that just something you kind of have to teach or is it a little more different than maybe some of your other stops previously you know a few years ago well i definitely think today it's more of a teaching moment than it's ever been mm-hmm. just with the way their lives are with the cell phones and the social media and it's such a quick, you know, look at their phone, look up and talk to somebody. They're never really engaged in a conversation. Right. So that's important to me because I do think concentration is a trained skill that you can work on. And we talk about that all the time. And one of the things we do is, you know, when I say take their cell phones away from them, like when you come up here, like no cell phones, right. so we can talk to our teammates. You can talk to your coaches. You can have the intentional conversations that's not just in passing hey patrick but i'm really not paying attention to what you're right. saying i get that a lot by the way <laughs> so uh cliff godwin joining us uh here and uh coach entering his uh, sixth year at the helm of the program i think of joe dooley talking about there's no older guys in his program now to teach the younger guys a lot of newness around your baseball program this year but you have guys that have lived it that have been through it that have bought in how invaluable is that to have the veterans to help bring the younger guys along. 
Well, it's very important. You know, you, you look around and you got Cooch Manor, you got Tyler Smith, you've got Burleson, you know, Gavin Williams is a junior, but Cam Colmore, Matt Bridges, two fifth year seniors. I was a fifth year senior. I think fifth year seniors is you can't put a price tag on them because they've been here longer than anybody else. Seth Cadell was a junior now. Mm-hmm. Francisco's a sophomore. Ryder's a sophomore. Hoover's a sophomore. All those guys have had a year at least under their belt, and I think that's invaluable experience. Cliff God. When uh, with us here, you've had uh, a lot of, of two-way players succeed in this program. Some two-way uh, players you've recruited with, with some of these younger guys. You've you had a lot of experience with the two-way players of the past, and guys that are on the roster that are the two-way players have experience uh, this year. Uh, but when you're recruiting a kid uh, to to do that, what are you looking for necessarily? Well, first off, you've got to have the talent. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't just say, hey, I want to be a two-way player in our right. program and, yeah. and think that, you know, every pitcher that's in our program hit in high school, they think they can right. hit here, but that's not, you know, accurate. And some of them still do. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially after Kuchmanner got his three at-bats in the regional championship, so they all think they can hit now. But uh, they got to be able to do that. And then it's really – it's – it's more hard on the coaches just managing, you know, when does Burley need to throw his bullpen? When does Zach right, and then yeah. when does Zach not throw across the infield because he threw a bullpen today? So it's a lot of communication on the coaching side to just protect the kids from uh, not getting hurt, not getting worn down, and then a lot of onus on them to manage their schedules because they have to do double duty. So it's a mm-hmm. lot of work yeah. and keeping their body fresh. How, uh, how, what are the areas? That's probably the better question that you're improved in now from when you started, you know, fall camp and as you get ready to start uh, spring camp here. Well, we're really deep on the mound. So I think a lot of guys got an experience in the fall and by playing UVA and playing Liberty, which, you know, we played 14 innings each game. So a lot of guys actually saw a different opponent. I think that makes a mm-hmm. huge difference going into the spring. But just to kind of get everybody on the same page, when you have that many new guys, it takes time. And I'm not a very patient person, but when I step back from it, like we're so much better today than we were when the fall started sure. and, yeah. and that's that's the thing you want to see as a coach and this team might be better which will be a good thing in may and june than it is in february right. which is what you want as well sure uh the 14th right around the corner that's the game you're concentrating on the the season opener so what what do you want out of these guys between now and then just stay in the present moment. I know that's, you know, coaching language, but really just to dominate the days because that's what I do. Mm -hmm. I keep blinders on. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's an excitement level that you're a little over three weeks away, but there's a lot of work to be done between now and February 14th. You were talking in your press conference about, uh, you know, how great Minji's is when it's packed. And this is one of the great environments, the jungle, just Clark LeClaire in general. That just doesn't happen. I mean, the, the, the fans have really invested into it. So what's the message as we start the season here, you know, to the Pirate Nation, to those guys in the jungle, to everybody who's a Pirate baseball fan? Well, number one, thanks for the support of our program. Number two, uh, bring yourself and then bring a friend and cheer as hard as you can and as loud as you can for as long as you can for our guys. And look, we're not going to win every game. I do want to win every game, but there's never been a 
college baseball team to go 56 and zero, right. but pull hard for our guys, give the opposing team the loudest yells you can give them, and just make that home field advantage the best one in the country. And if you if they do that, they I mean we won the regional because of the fans, right. you know our players' toughness, but also the fans. I mean I don't know if they could have dug that deep and got that adrenaline level going to be able to win five games in basically two days, two and a half days. Yeah, uh, coach, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you for the time here, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you throughout the season. Thanks, Patrick. Always great to catch up with Coach Cliff Godwin, and uh, we'll have our weekly visits with uh, Coach here beginning in a couple of weeks. Right now, a timeout on the PJ Show, ECU Baseball Day. When we return, uh, Jake Kuchmaner to wrap up things today, and uh, we'll ask you to stay tuned right here with us on 94.3 The Game. Cooch. How was that, Jake? Good. It's good, good to see you yeah, again. Good to see you. How you doing? Good. The uh, the dome is freshly shorn. You're looking sharp. I'm, I'm actually a couple days behind. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now that I see it in the light. Yeah. Okay. Side, but it's yeah. looking good. My point is you're looking good. Thank you. Thank How are you, my friend? Good, good to see you again. Yeah, doing well. Doing well. Uh, we've got uh, baseball season just days away. And, uh, you know, in talking to the coaches, uh, they've talked a lot about how you've sort of embraced the, a leadership role. Uh, and, and I could see that. Uh, consciously, do you do that? Or is it just something you, you, you kind of know? Yeah. You know, or are you kind of that take charge kind of guy? I think, uh, you know, when I try to think about it, I, I get myself in some trouble. Right. Um, <laughs> if I just kind of just be myself, then I think it naturally takes over. And, right. Um, so I think more so just trying to be trying to be myself, trying to be a good teammate, maybe like helping the younger guys. I think the way that I interact with them naturally does it for me. Um, and then obviously learning from Coach Gowan, learning from Coach Dietrich, how to have conversations and how to interact better right. and when to say something, when to not, like learning from them and learning from Holba and Agnos and the guys in the past of, okay, this is what needs to be said now. Okay, maybe pull them to the side and say something instead of saying something from the whole team. Right, yeah. Those things I've definitely learned and done a better job of because of them. So there's, yeah, I mean, just kind of going with the going with the years. I yes, guess. I got you. Uh, Jake Kuchmaner is here with us. What uh, what was the off season like for you? Um, so summer I was here, uh, worked out, got to meet the new guys. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, did some camps. That was fun. Yeah, I love doing those little camps. All right. Um, now there's like younger kids. Yeah, camps. they're like six to twelve, oh. and I was with like the six to nine year olds. Okay, they were. Now are you like, fitting in with them better because of mentality, or is it just you kind of like being around <laughs> the way? <laughs> Honestly, you'd be surprised because the personalities are pretty much the same. Okay, it's just you know it's funny because you know you got your kids that are you know they like to be defiant, but right they're they're, they're good kids, and you know you discipline them. You know, you try to at least like a babysitter, and you're just like, hey. well, it's like herding cats, as they say, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. there you but, go. Well, that uh, that was pretty fun. Anything yeah. else this summer that you got to do that uh, maybe was baseball involved, or maybe something away from baseball um, for a little? Bit? So it was just a lot of lifting this summer, yeah. um, and then took some classes. So that was good. Got to get away from baseball, right? Get my mind off it and yeah. reset. Um, and then after that, you know, just kind of got some family time and. Then came back for the fall, yep. and we, we started the fall. We rolled with the fall like we normally do, and it was good. It was a good fall, a lot of learning. Yeah. Um, learning the new guys, getting everybody meshed together. thought that was really good. Um, really came together at the end. Where would you say uh, right now, you know, with all that work in the, in the weight room, it's obviously geared towards getting stronger, and there's endurance and that thing. But, I mean, also maybe getting a little more firm with the fastball, you mm-hmm. know, getting – even with the off-speed stuff as well, getting yeah. a little more firm with it. Yeah. Um, 
No, I mean that's that's been the, that's been the goal since I got here. Mm-hmm. Just try to add, and um, I've seen guys add since they got here. So, you know, getting with BG Brandon Golden, our lifting coach, and Coach Dietrich's been awesome, and mm-hmm. Coach Roselle was awesome when he was here. Um, of just helping me understand what my body needs to do to do that, and you know, we've been working really hard since. Um, you know, we really focused on it after the fall season was over, right? And Coach, you know, Brandon Golden was there with me, and Dietrich. They've all been, you know, pushing me in that sense, and we've been working on it, so it's been good. Uh, Coach Dietrich uh, is coming in. He great credentials. I mean, four times to a uh, super regional. He's been to Omaha, national pitching coach. I mean, there's a lot of accolades. Great guy, uh, kind of a laid back guy yeah. in, in a lot of ways. Uh, how's that relationship so good. far? Good. It's been really good. It's it's only gotten better. Um, you know, the, you know, he's when he first got here, he was really laid back. You know, just wanted to learn everybody, right? Which was really good for us because we're learning him too. And then the way he coaches us, he coaches us based on who we are, not mm-hmm. who he wants us to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we're making adjustments, it's well, hey, you're not being yourself right now. Let's get back to being who you are. Right. So, um, it's really cool to you know to get to know him more because he's got such a good baseball mind um you know just being around him in conversation like it doesn't even have to be talking to me i just want to be around him and listen to him and uh he already has to say because it's usually good stuff yeah uh is there anything that may be a fresh set of eyes in a sense not to take anything away from coach roselle but it'd be just a, is he is he kind of opened your eyes to some, some yeah i mean just new ideas i mean yeah. it's just you know Every pitching coach is different, so you just get new ideas, and maybe his ideas click in your head better than um, other coaches. So it's, I mean, just his ideas of of the way pitching is is um, different, and it, it, there are things that have clicked. So it's good. I'm I'm seeing at least three guys that are listed on the roster now as as two way players. Uh, and the Ryder Giles did a little bit of uh, pitching last year. So I guess there's four kind of – rumor has it you want to be a two-way player now because of those great at-bats <laughs> in the regional. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, can you confirm or deny? I, well, I'm going to do everything I can to push for a two-way. Yeah, those guys are really good at what they do. Right. So it's going to be hard to take their spot. Yeah. Well – I have some experience, though. So, if so. you needed to if, – if you're in an extra inning game or something and you're in second part of a doubleheader and mm-hmm. the Pirates need somebody to – Pinch hit. Yeah, hey, I'm, You're the I, guy, right? I'll raise my hand. I'm out there, yeah. <laughs> what was it like during those at-bats? Because it been, I mean, it had yeah. been, a, not too long, but it had been a little while since I, you'd I really kind of. two years or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I mean, mean live fire is live fire, you know. Yeah, uh, it was, uh, I was a lot more calm than I thought I was going to be, to be right. honest with you. I thought I was going to be shaken and right. whatever, but, you know, I think because the first at-bat, I had just come off the field and he's like, Hey, by the way, you're up. And I'm like, Oh, okay. All right, cool. <laughs> so I didn't really have time to think about what was going on. Um, so I think that probably helped. Right. Um, and then, uh, no, it was, it was really cool. Cause I know everybody wanted the hit and yeah. I, I didn't get it, but it was just cool to have everybody, you know, behind you like that aside from pitching. So yeah. it was cool. Jake Kuchmaner is uh, with us here. We've, we've heard uh, from Cliff, talked to Cliff a couple of times, Coach Godwin, uh, Coach Palumbo, you know, Pirate fans. Uh, as a player, you know, what kind of happened here in the regional last year? What was that like to be part of that experience? That was the coolest thing I think I've ever been a part of where, you know, the first day we get punched in the mouth, probably nobody expected it. And then after that, it was kind of like, all right, well, you either have a choice to not show up or you do. And it felt like our whole team showed up and 
every like all of Greenville showed up for us. Right. So at that point, it was just okay. When do we not score more runs? Because it was like the ball was just rolling right after that. It was really cool. Yeah. Uh, as you look forward to uh, the season, knowing and having been through this, and the amount of work that you all put in. I mean, physically. Uh, this is some of the most demanding stuff guys say <laughs> that they've ever, you know, gone through in their yeah. careers uh, prior to coming here, in some cases after leaving here. Uh, but but as far as, you know, knowing those demands, the mental demands, the, the being in the moment, the, the work ethic, everything that goes along with getting to the ultimate goal. As you prepare for that this year, uh, and we talked about a little bit of the leadership role, you know, are, are there some things that uh, you're helping some of those younger guys along, or even guys that have maybe been in the program a year or two, but just haven't been relied on as much yeah, to kind I mean, of prepare them, I guess? It really is, uh, you know, it changes you. Me and Burleson had this conversation where it changes you as a person for the better, I think, mm-hmm. where in the moment and you're in the grind of it, you know, you're like, what, like what's going on? Like my body hurts. Like right, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hurting, but you know, you come out the other side and you, and you realize mentally that, that going through that makes you so much better mm-hmm. for, for down the road. Yeah. Um, so to explain that to them, it's hard for them to understand in the moment. Cause it, you know, for whatever we're going through that day, it's hard, but um, you know, that's, some you try to explain to them and hopefully they understand you envious of the burleson hair or is that <laughs> he's got a good head of hair but i like mine so yeah, okay. <laughs> well, uh jake kuchmaner with us great to see you cooch yeah. and uh, looking forward to the season thank you thank you should be fun jake kuchmaner there always great to catch up with him he's a great kid uh we had a good chance to get to know each other a little bit last year and uh, it was great catching up with Coach Maynard this year, and uh, he's a real leader for this Pirate Baseball team. Uh, we'll have more Pirate Baseball uh, audio and sound and interviews throughout the rest of the week into next week as uh, we're in that mode now. We have Pirate Hoops tonight, 7.30 airtime, 8 o'clock the tip, ECU at SMU. You can listen to it right here on 94.3 The Game and 107.9 WNCT, the flagship stations of the ECU Pirates. Thanks to uh, Cliff Godwin. Thanks to uh, Jason Dietrich. Also, thanks to... Uh, Cooch Maynard. And thanks to Ben Byram, CJ, and intern Wallace. We will be back tomorrow. Biggie Eric Graham in the studio and a lot more on the Patrick Johnson Show.